Welcome to the PSD Cast with your host, Jason Lumberg at Power Systems Design. The idea of autonomous vehicles is intriguing if for no other reason than artificial systems should be far safer on the road than humans, dramatically reducing accidents, which, by the way, are the third or fourth leading cause of death in the U.S. But for all the excitement, no autonomous vehicles are currently higher than a two on the SEE scale, which runs from a zero or no autonomy to five or full autonomy. A two includes some autonomous features, but still requires a driver's full attention. And many feel the commercial trucking industry could take the first steps towards full autonomy since the nature of the business entails long, predictable routes on a largely straight, flat road. On the line, we've got Jamie Hofacker, VP of Hardware at Kodiak Robotics, which integrates autonomous technology into commercial trucking fleets. So, Jamie, thanks for joining us. And let me start with this. Why is autonomous trucking such an attractive prospect for the nation? Uh, well, first of all, Jason, um, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate uh, being here and being able to talk about Kodiak Robotics and uh, autonomous trucking in general. And uh, I also want to say I loved your intro. I think you did a great sale on, on why autonomous trucking. Um, but I'll, maybe I can add a few things here. Um, and so, first of all, you mentioned autonomous trucking, uh, long, flat roads, and that's exactly correct. Um, there's other parts of autonomous trucking like um, drayage, uh, moving moving data from from ports or or, or inner city, or moving you're moving from a distribution center to a final destination in the city. I mean, we are actually focused on what we call that long haul transfer hub to, to, to um, transfer hub model, where um, we actually uh, pick up a trailer autonomously from the side of the freeway. Then we can drive from, for example, Dallas, where, where our operations are headquartered now. We can drive to, uh, we drive to Houston, Atlanta, Oklahoma City, and then pull off the freeway and then drop that trailer off, pick up another one, and then get on the freeway and go deliver it again. Um, today, we do this with 30 trucks, uh, mostly out of Dallas. We've done over a million miles in autonomous. This is what we call level four autonomous. Um, you mentioned level two, where the driver is assisting here. It's fully level four. It's meant to handle all the tasks of the driver. And so um, just with that little background on what we do, uh, I think I can highlight a couple things of why people think this is so exciting and why we at Kodiak are excited about it. Um, first of all, uh, in the U.S., there's a multi-decade driver shortage. So you're talking about tens of thousands of drivers um, uh, that, are, that are missing from the industry. And um, long haul is really the toughest part of this. Long haul is long hours uh, away from home. Um, this is, uh, you have hours of service issues. Um, and so we really think we can help alleviate this driver shortage. And then uh, I think that one more thing I'd highlight um, is I alluded to earlier, which is um, this hours of service. So today, a human-driven truck, uh, a driver can drive about 10 hours a day, and then they have to rest. Um, we believe we can operate these 20, 20 plus hours a day, seven days a week. And so a delivery from Dallas to Atlanta, which normally takes two days, we do in 16 hours. Um, this is a pretty big uh, gain in efficiency uh, utilization of these assets, and the industry is really excited about this, and we can do this really safely. That's really important. Okay, well, what are some of the biggest roadblocks right now to fully autonomous vehicles, and how would autonomous trucking bypass those issues or at least manage them? Yeah, that's a great question, Jason. Um, a lot of people think when they think autonomous, especially level four, the full autonomous with, with no human in the loop, um, the biggest roadblock is all technology. It's only about the AI or, you know, um, is your compute fast enough? Things like that. And that's absolutely part of it. But no matter whether you're, when you said autonomous technology, um, no matter whether you're talking about robot taxis, uh, these are autonomous taxis in suburbs and cities, or autonomous trucking, 
everyone has to build this um, this artifact called a safety case. And this is essentially an expression that, hey, I can handle the hazards in my environment. We call that our operational design domain. I can handle those hazards um, effectively and safely, and I can operate um, equal to or better than a professional driver in that market. And no matter who you are, you have to build this a safety case, and you have to um, be able to you know, stand behind it with your company. And um, really, when are you ready? When can you build the safety case? That's one of the real roadblocks right now. And we're really excited about really excited about trucking because in trucking, um, we can build the safety case on a, a reduced complexity um, ODD or operational design domain. So we're on controlled access roads, for example, and we just have reduced exposure to things like um, you know pedestrians and someone bouncing a ball and uh, maybe you know uh, an animal running across uh, the street or, or um, somebody walking their dog. Um, you know, when you're on a uh, highway and you see those things, it's pretty clear what you do. If you see um, somebody walking their dog in a, in a lane or something, you can stop, you can scrub speed, you can wait for them. Uh, this is something that you see all the time in cities and suburbs. And so it's just, we believe um, one of the ways we can bypass or manage these issues is by launching on a reduced complexity um, on these controlled access roads. That allows us to build that safety case um, sooner, and we believe we can launch sooner as a product. Interesting. Now, let's let's talk about the Kodiak driver. How exactly does it benefit autonomous trucking? Yeah, thanks. Um, so the Kodiak driver, it can be kind of confusing, so maybe I'll describe what that is. Kodiak driver is not a person. Um, Kodiak driver is really our safe, purpose-built sort of hardware software stack. Um, this is purpose-built for long-haul trucking. Um, and if you think about uh, what that Kodiak driver is, it sort of has to replace the, uh, the human, uh, what, what a human driver would do today. And so we think of it kind of in three major areas. The, the Kodiak driver has to sense, it has to then think, and then it has to act. So it's, it has full control of a fully loaded um, class eight big rig truck. Uh, this is 80,000 pounds. Um, so we, to, to safely do this, we have lots of sensors on the vehicle. We have, um, so this is the first part, sense. So we have LIDAR, radar, camera. These create a 360 degree sort of, call it bubble, safety bubble around the vehicle where we can see basically 200 yards, um, the smallest objects we need to see 200 yards out, and then larger object, objects even farther than that. Um, but we really can sense the vehicle, and we, and we update the sensors uh, 10 times a second, every 100 milliseconds. Um, and we see all those simultaneously, whereas a human driver you know, has two eyes and ears and uh, does a great job, um, but they can't see at the back of their head you know, at the same time they're seeing forward. So we, we have a sort of protective bubble around our vehicle where we're seeing everything uh, and updating every 10 times a second. And then we take that, that sense, those sensors, and we put it into our perception system. This is the think part. Um, we perceive the world around us. We, we place objects in that world. We place ourselves in that world. We localize ourselves. And then we decide, okay, where are objects moving? We predict where they're moving. Um, we predict how they're going to move through the world. And then we want to plan our route safely and efficiently through that world. And we also do that at 10 times a second. Um, so that's the think part of it. And then the act part of it is, okay, we have all that data. We know how we want to move through the world. How do we actually actuate the vehicle? So the, the primary actuation we have on this big rig truck is braking, steering, throttle. And so um, we, uh, we update those at a very high rate. So um, our controller is running at, you know, over 100 hertz. Um, so this is much faster than sort of how we, th how we humans react. Um, and that's how we actually operate the vehicle. So that's the sort of the Kodiak driver. And then the second part of your question you asked, how does it benefit autonomous uh, trucking? So there's a couple things I'd like to pull out that Kodiak does that I think are really unique. 
Um, one thing, um, when we started five years ago as a company, uh, we were founded by some people that came from uh, Waymo Uber and had done this before. And one of the big things, uh, one of the big problems before uh, in sort of robotaxi is um, you have to create these things called HD maps. And this is really expensive. This is, you know, where every light pole is, where every mailbox, where every fire hydrant. And, and this is important because you want to know where you are. And you also want to know that a fire hydrant uh, is what it is, not a small human, which it can look like sometimes in different lighting conditions, et cetera. So that's important. But it doesn't work for um, autonomous trucking. We have 15,000 miles that we um, that we operate in today of, of highway. And imagine trying to create this, like, you know, many gigabytes HD map and maintain that over 15,000 miles. So one of the things Kodiak did at the outset uh, is made a bet on sparse mapping. So we understand the lanes and the exits, the on-ramps. Um, we understand the freeway um, where the major features are. But in general, we drive on what we see. We call this perception over priors. So if there was a map change, which happens on freeways, there'll be some, some construction overnight. They might change some lanes. Um, we will follow those lanes, not just a, a pre-made HD map that sort of tells us exactly where we should be because there's nothing worse than a map that's wrong. And so that was one of the key things that I think Kodiak does um, that's sort of different than a lot of companies. And I'd say one more thing we're really proud of um, at Kodiak is our modular system. Um, we've heard this from carriers, from shippers. They don't want a bunch of technology, a, new, a bunch of new technology. That's not really what they're looking for. They're looking for solutions that make their system safer, uh, more efficient, uh, more reliable. They really care about uptime. And so our entire perception um, stack, all, all the sensors that you see that we use for perception are placed uh, where the driver um, and passenger mirrors are. So these are, these are modular systems that can be replaced in 10 minutes um, and they're pre-calibrated from the factory. We put them on the vehicle. They can work on any vehicle. Today we use Packard uh, Kenworth, Kenworth trucks, but they can work on any vehicle. And um, if there's ever a problem, for example, if it gets hit by a rock or somebody ever backed into us in a distribution center, um, you know, when we're parked, for example, that does happen. Um, we can um, pop that uh, sensor pod off and put a new one on in about 10 minutes. That's really important. It's something that really resonates with the carriers and the shippers, that they understand that, hey, if my truck goes down, I don't need to come out with a bunch of specialized technicians, you know, in the middle of Iowa um, and, and service this. And I'm down for two weeks because the roof got damaged. Um, our sensor pods break away and we can be, and they can be replaced by any technician in the industry. So it works with the existing model. That's something that really um, the Kodiak driver and our hardware software stack is really unique about us. And I think really has resonated in this industry. Okay. Well, well Jamie, before I let you go, uh, could, could you discuss your partnership with Vicor? Uh, first off, what drew you to them and, and how does their 48 volt system benefit the trucks themselves? Yeah, thanks. Um, so, so Vicor is uh, one of our early partners that we've been working with now for a couple of years. Um, the, the, one of the best things to say about, uh, you know, to, to think about Vicor is uh, first say, you know, what do we do with power in the vehicle? So traditionally, um, you know, you have 12 volts to power things like um, the HMI, the displays, uh, the radio, um, you know, the blower for the HVAC system, things like that. Um, but for uh, the Kodiak driver, um, that Power is, power is incredibly important. Not, nothing happens without power, right? So our sensors uh, require power. Our compute, how we think, requires power. And uh, actuating the vehicle um, requires power. And so we needed a company that had a long track record of delivering reliable solutions to the market. And uh, Vicor is, is just a natural partner for that. Um, if you think about like the markets they've been in in the last, I think it's about 40 years now, 
um, they have they have devices in aerospace, in critical military applications, in automotive. Um, they meet mill standards. There's some important uh, shock and vibe standards. Trucking's really harsh, that environment. Um, we can rely on those uh, Vicor power modules, those DC to DCs. Um, they, you know, I love the fact also that they're vertically integrated. Um, I have spent time chasing down, you know, short part shortages um, and, uh, you know, inductors and, and, and certain uh, caps uh, in my past. And I love that we can buy the modules from Vicor and they handle the supply chain for us. It just simplifies um, our path on, on our back end uh, to delivering this product. And so partnering with a company with a long history, a history of this vertical vertical integration and working with sort of military aerospace automotive was kind of a no-brainer for us. Um, and then also we love the fact that these are pretty efficient modules. Um, it means that we generate less heat and uh, less heat for us to remove from the cabin. And then I think you had one more part to your question, which was um, why 48 volts. And that was, uh, that 48 volts is really about, um, you know, 12 volts, uh, the traditional 12 volts that you see in a vehicle um, is just only powering a few things. You need uh, much less um, power from that 12 volt system. And 48 volts really is just all about the amount of power that our system needs. Um, it's not that it's, um, you know, some untold number, but just moving it around efficiently. Um, we can use thinner cables. We can use uh, less copper, essentially. We have less losses uh, due to heat. So the 48 volts really is about just the efficiency. Our compute um, uses a lot more power than, you know, a traditional like automotive ECU that really isn't doing um, a lot of sort of uh, calculation about, you know, how to move a vehicle around. They're just doing more, um, more common things. And so the 48 volts is really just about efficiency. Um, and that's why we went that way with Vicor. Excellent. Well, thanks, Jamie. I want to thank you for your time and to our audience. Thanks for joining in. Stay safe and healthy and have a great day.